Full Tilt Boogie Podcast here from SEC Country. I'm your host, John Neighbors. Appreciate everybody listening in on this beautiful day here in the great state of Arkansas. Lots of things to get to today. And as always, thank you for making us a part of your day today. Arkansas gets back on the winning side of things as they're able to knock off South Carolina at home in Bud Walton, 81-65. to We'll talk about that as well as the rest of the SEC, what this means for Arkansas going forward. And of course, we will get into some nonsense of the podcast. And just for a reminder, I've, I've been saying it for a while, this is the last week of the SEC Country Podcast as it is coming to an end, and it is sad, very sad, but we'll have a swan song of the uh, whole podcast, I'm sure, here as the uh, days grow dim. So anyways, to discuss the Arkansas-South Carolina game, you know, there was a lot of things going on in this game that we could really break down for many different reasons. Uh, I believe that Jalen Barford and Daryl Macon, it's amazing what happens when Arkansas is able to get big games out of them, how successful they are. Macon puts in 25 points. Jalen Barford, 24 points. Daniel Gafford gets double digits with his points, gets 11, also has six rebounds to add. Trey Thompson, a very nice game from him. Six points, six rebounds, and had six blocks. I don't know if that stat's right, but that's what I'm looking at. That's pretty incredible uh, if it is. But those were really the players of the game. You had uh, Beard add in five, didn't do a lot of shooting, which is what you want to see out of him. C.J. Jones comes in. It's it's three baskets, and none of them were threes. I know that's surprising, too. He got four rebounds, which is surprising to see someone like him uh, going in there and getting them. But he was big time for this team. And, you know, it's, it's against a South Carolina team that's not great. But for once, for the very first time, all conference play long, Arkansas in a victory won convincingly, beat South Carolina by 16 points. That's big time. And we're not going to sugarcoat this win because it's not, again, it's not, again, it's a great team. It was at home. Arkansas matched up very well against them. But Arkansas played well, especially defensively. Arkansas had South Carolina had to commit 18 turnovers. And that's not really a recipe. Arkansas still had 13 of their own, so they still got to clean that up. But causing 18 free throw or 18 turnovers was huge. And free throw shooting for Arkansas was much improved. 23 of 29, that's 79%. So they got to the free throw stripe 29 times. They shot 8 of 20 from three-point land, that's 40%. 25 of 53, it's 47% from the field in general. Uh, they were, again, out-rebounded, but just barely 33 to 29. Uh, assists, they had 11 assists to 13 turnovers. That's, again, you got to fix that. You got to quit having Macon and Barford have to make all the shots. And as Macon went 12 of 13 from the free throw line, so a lot of his points came in from that. But either way, this was a good win for Arkansas. Not great. Still borderline NCAA tournament team. Joe Lenardi still has them in. The RPI is still pretty good. And uh, a victory against South Carolina, which is crazy to think that the South Carolina team beat Kentucky and Florida at Florida. It's a crazy conference that we're seeing right now. But uh, Arkansas gets a nice victory, gets back on the winning way and what they needed desperately, and they're going to have to find another way to win against Vanderbilt this weekend. I think they will. I think they have the ability to do so. But, man, oh, man, are they are they going to have to be able – to uh, step it up the rest of the way. But I told you what the recipe was for success to make it into the NCAA tournament just last night, and I'm going to continue to do that. Arkansas is 16-8. and eight. They're 5-6 and six in conference play. 
they have just seven games left. Vanderbilt should be a victory. Vanderbilt is the worst team in the SEC. They are 8-15 overall. They are 2-8 in conference. And they had Kentucky on the ropes on the road. So I don't know if maybe Kentucky shouldn't be the standard because they don't they're not a very good team this year. But uh, either way, it's a conference that's full of surprises where teams are just able to beat anybody at any given time in any given place. And Arkansas has been one of those teams that's fallen victim to that whole thing. So, anyways, if Arkansas is able to continue this recipe of what they had for a victory, which is Jalen Barford and Daryl Macon go for big games. Shocker. If they have big games, Arkansas is usually successful. But not only have that, but I have efficiency from Daniel Gafford. He still gets in foul trouble, but 11 points and 6 rebounds. That's efficient. And then just have somebody come off the bench and make plays. Doesn't have to be just in the scoring column, but just other various ways. And they had somebody come off the bench in this game that put in 17 minutes and did not score a point, did not even attempt a shot, but was a difference maker in this game. And it's a name, I'm not going to try to pronounce it the, his last name because I don't really know and I know I'm going to screw it up. So you know what I'm going to call him? I'm going to call him Gabe O. Gabe O. Number 22. Came into the game, first time in conference play. I think he played maybe one minute against AM, but I don't count that. First time in co- conference play, plays 17 minutes, four rebounds, two assists, and, you know, wasn't great, wasn't a big time player on the offensive side, but had some nice hustle plays. That's. I don't know where he came from. I don't know what caused him to be in the game. I don't know why Mike Anderson decided that he needed to step in right now. Maybe they're trying to get him ready and trying to get more depth, trying to find some type of mix-up to, you know, maybe sending a message to other guys because Dustin Thomas did not play in this game, not one minute. So maybe there's some issues going on there. I'm not totally sure. But what I do know is that he came in and he made some nice hustle plays. The defense, he was very good defensively. And so that's something that Arkansas has been missing is a good defender. And also for once, our, uh, South Carolina, they did shoot fairly well at three. If they hit six threes, uh, I think all three of them were, or three of them were at least uh, within like the first three minutes of the game. So cooled off a little bit there. But Arkansas's biggest problem has been defense this entire season. They, they can score points. That's not the issue. The issue is slowing down other teams and instead making them look like they're just all world beaters on the offensive side of the ball. So, with him being in, I like the defensive strategy that they went with. I like the athleticism. I also like the zone that they switched out to. They did a little 2-1-2 zone, maybe a little 3-2 zone. They mixed it up. They did. They communicated very well. And there was a lot of scoring droughts for South Carolina. And to me, that's, you know, it's not going to be the prettiest game of all time. But that is something where South Carolina, uh, you, and you saw the game in this way, at least in this uh, instance, that South Carolina got held to 65 points. They're not a not a great offensive team anyways. But Arkansas stifling a little bit, having some defensive stands, some you know, shot clock violations, some steals, some good pressure points. That's, that's what makes Arkansas style, Mike Anderson's style, successful. It's not just about running up and down the court, but it's also just about picking and choosing your spots and be able to play as so aggressive on defense without fouling that it causes the other team to make mistakes and turn the ball over, but also causes them to get confused, to throw different looks at them. 
And I like how Mike Anderson's starting to do that a lot more. I felt like in the beginning of conference play, especially, you had nothing but man-to-man, man-to-man, man-to-man. It works sometimes. But I think Mike's getting a little more comfortable with putting his guys in zones and having them fight it out that way. Arkansas, to me, plays a lot better defensively when they're in the zone, even if they want to do a half-court or a full-court pressure zone. You can do a 1-2-1-1 or a one uh, <clears throat> excuse me, a 1-2-2. Do, do things like that that at least makes them think about it. It's not going to always stop them, but at least it's going to throw different looks at them. you got to be multiple. And by being multiple defensively, an Arkansas team who's not great defensively, it at least makes them you know, try to make adjustments, try to figure things out, and holds them a little bit, especially against poor offensive teams. So I like that Mike has switched over to that. And I'm wondering if maybe the insertion of Gabo – and uh, getting guys with different lineups in there. I think that, you know, you had Darius Hall in there getting his minutes at 15. At some point in time, you saw both Trey Thompson and Daniel Gafford in the game at the same time. Um, Adriel Bailey got the start but only played 14 minutes. Uh, you know, when you see these, like, excuse me, when you see these things that kind of work out that way, um, it makes you wonder that if there's – they're building towards a recipe or they at least are trying some things that might put them in the driver's seat of being successful at home, especially the crowd won that great tonight because of some uh, wintry weather going on up there in Fayetteville, but it was still pretty good. Needless to say. So with all those things considered, if Arkansas can just play like that, get big games out of your stars and Macon and Barford have a efficient game, from Daniel Gafford, and then count on some guys' hustle plays and bench play and all that, you'll win games. That's that's the recipe. That's what it needs to be. That's where it needs to be. And I feel like Arkansas is going to be in a good position for the rest of the way to do that. It's just can they continue to grow defensively? Can they shut down a little bit of the three-point hot shooting? I think that's why Gabe O was mentioned, and I think that's why he was put in this game. I think Mike Anderson saw the last game against LSU and the uh, previous game before that against Texas A&M and saw just how many threes they were giving up. It was unreal. It was it was just disgusting amount of threes. So I think maybe Mike Anderson said, you know what? Gabe's not a great offensive player. He's pretty raw. But what he does have is he's got length and he's aggressive and he's good on, a, he's a good on an on-ball defender. So let's throw him out there and see what he can do, and maybe he can slow down a little bit of that three-point shooting. I think he did pretty well. Maybe I'm giving Mike Anderson too much credit for it. Maybe it's not something as simple as that. But come on, think about it. Why now? Why at this point in time are you introducing and putting in Gabo? Why? Is it just because he just popped up and started doing really well in practice this week? No. I think that he's always had the ability for doing what he's doing in these games. But Mike Anderson, and he's not wrong for it, decided to go with a guy like a Dustin Thomas or an Adrio Bailey in those positions instead because of the experience, because of the more offensive round. Even though they're not great offensive players by any stretch, but they seem to be a little more polished offensively. So he went with that group. But when he saw that that wasn't working, Dustin Thomas is making a lot of mistakes. Adrio Bailey hasn't really developed the way that some people have hoped. Where do they go from here? What do they do? Well, let's throw in Gabe. Let's see what he can do. He can't do any worse. He can't cause them to make any more threes. So throw him out there, see what happens. And I think you saw the result of it. It put Arkansas in great position to not only win this game, 
but maybe find a formula to win the next few games uh, desperately. So, either way, it's not this game is not going to just change everyone's mind and say, oh my goodness, wow, we're a great team, now we're going back to the Final Four. No, 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 that's, that's, that's not anything like that. But it is a nice win, and they played well, and they played well defensively, and that's something you can at least ask for. That was about the type of game that you could ask for from Arkansas. If they go with Vanderbilt this weekend, 7.30 tip, a late tip, if they go with Vanderbilt this weekend and they beat Vanderbilt, okay, then if they beat them convincingly even, which they should because, again, Vanderbilt's awful, if they beat them convincingly, then you open it up a little bit. Then our Ole Miss is not exactly a great team that you can win on the road. You get Texas A&M back home, maybe a little revenge. You can beat them at home. They'll be better, but you can do it maybe in front of a crazy crowd. Then you got Kentucky at home. Kentucky is not good. They're not a good team. Arkansas can win that one. Auburn at home, you can win that one, and that would be a huge win for your RPI and really boosting your confidence since Auburn has only lost one conference game this year. 21-2 and the Auburn Tigers are. I mean, it's incredible, and the one game they lost was at Alabama. So you have a lot of openings. You have a lot of opportunities. It's just about taking advantage of them and finding the right recipe to win these games, playing better defense, playing more zone. I like the zone. Keep going with the zone. Go with it as long as you possibly can because at least people won't have film on it because they're expecting you to run man-to-man. You can still run man-to-man, but be multiple. Give different looks. And I think that alone will be a difference. It's again, it's gonna you're gonna give up points, you're gonna give up shots because I don't think Arkansas is just a great defensive team at and that's at individually they're not a great defensive team. So I'll, I'll go with them and uh, and see how it plays out. But either way, Arkansas still in really good position, folks. You gotta wait on that. All right. So moving on to the nonsensical part of the podcast. This was a study that came out, and I tweeted about this. And this cracked me up. This is a real thing. ABC Channel Seven in Chicago. Uh, put out this article, at least that's who I saw it on Twitter, and I read about it, and it's titled, Study Reveals Chemical in McDonald's French Fries That May Be the Cure for Baldness. Let me read that again. Study Reveals Chemical in McDonald's French Fries That May Be the Cure for Baldness. This is in San Francisco. It says, a new study reveals a chemical found uh, has can can may... uh, McDonald's French fries could be the cure for baldness. Scientists from Japan said the chemical is added to the fries in order to keep cooking oil from frothing up. When they tested the chemical on mice, scientists said the mice regrew hair. Scientists said this is the first time they have a mass-produced what they are calling hair follicle germs with this method. The next step would be to try it on human skin cells. McDonald has not commented on the study at this time. So there you have it, folks. If you're losing your hair, forget Bosley, forget Rogaine. If you're having those issues out there where you don't want to be bald, you don't want to be turning bald, you don't want to be that guy, eat a lot of McDonald's French fries. That's the answer. Pile them up. Get a supersized. Don't even worry about the McDoubles or the Quarter Pounders. Just order a bunch of French fries and start stuffing them down your face. You may be fat as a planet, but guess what? You're not going to be bald. That's what the study is saying. So go out there and just tear apart those McDonald's french fries. I feel like that's a skit, or a bit at least, from Jim Gaffigan. I mean, that that's 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 something. I'm wondering if uh, if Jim Gaffigan's going to comment on this. I feel like that's just right up his alley. But seriously, though, study. Eat more french fries, men, and you will not grow bald. You will be as sexy as you were when you were a young lad because now you have the oil from the french fries giving you hair. Awesome. 
Appreciate everybody listening to the podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on SoundCloud. You can also get after me on Twitter at your neighbor, John, for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. Man, it's hard to believe. We only got two more of these. Sad day, but we'll get there. But uh, as always, appreciate everybody listening in. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great night, everybody. We will see you then.